are you is this a thing like bobby you, is are we doing a bobby thing is uh giving the floor over to jack to introduce this episode maybe i've been i've been introducing the episode so frequently and i'm like sick of myself so because you always do a singing bit i always do a dumb little singing bit so i'm giving it off to you guys um well now we're in we're in the episode that's it that's so the I, episode. I started it off anyway the, yeah Damn we're it. in we're the, in we're the in bit is, that. the bit is know. that bobby isn't doing a bit so <laughs> damn it even without a bit i still took the bit um you hate to take the bit uh, you hate it i'm 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 the bit master. What do we start with? Do we start with a coronavirus update? Do we have coronavirus to? update? We're still okay at the moment. Yes, we're alive. I love your little do 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 do's. Um, I've been doing that since like the second episode. What your little do 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 breaking news? Oh yeah, that's breaking news. Breaking news. News from the front. There's over a million cases in the United States now. Wait, in the United States? In the world? In the world? In the world? In the world? Sorry, sorry. By the time you hear this, it might be a million in the US. I mean, yikes! Dang, everybody, stay safe. Yes, we're okay right now. We're still recording in stude with respectable distances between each other for yeah. the time being. Yep. We are set up and ready in case we have to go fully remote again. We are at the drop us. of a hat. We're ready. Yep. Yeah. We so. made Jack wash his hands when he came in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've Even though I literally works. took a shower right before I came here. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have the clean police here. It's, yeah. it's wild. Which it's is wild times. funny because... The clean police oftentimes has the messiest desk. <laughs> That's true. <You're laughs> to his noted. credit, to his credit, he did clean up the studio today. Mm-hmm. Zach D, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, the clean police is Zach D. <laughs> um, do you know what? Coronavirus is really scary. Yes, it is. You know, <laughs> you know what else is scary? What? Um, well, why don't we introduce ourselves first before I get into it? Okay. I don't know if I'm ready for this, boys. All right. I am your bracing myself for fear, B, Bobby. I am your... (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, your B, Prince. Nice, nice. Um, Very good. And I am your... Junji Ito J. Jack because Perfect. that's what we're talking about today. Talking about the Junji. Junji Ito. <laughs> I have no idea what this is. Just right. just for just well, we up. brought him up on a past episode. I'm trying to remember which one. I thought maybe it was the uh the um it was Skinwalker Ranch. Was well, I mean there was that, but it came up even before then. That's probably HP Lovecraft. I thought either that or maybe the um the Love Death Robots one for some oh. reason, maybe. But yeah, probably HP Lovecraft. That feels like of, the most natural. They have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um I realize I still had my gum in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, don't be a little Bobby. Yeah. I don't want to chew into the mic. Um well coincidentally, Bobby, <laughs> my first section I have in my notes is who is Junji Ito? Oh wow. So I'll get to figure it out. Yeah, mm. yeah. So this is a bit of a I got a, a bit of a bit of a bit of the brain blast that I was talking about. Brain blast I was like the reason why I needed more time was because I, I, I at first was just writing down. Well, it, 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 it's a little behind the scenes. Mm. We were supposed to record Ooh. this one last week, but yeah. then I was like, I can't. I'm not ready for it. Plus, we needed um, to hit you guys with that epic slamp. Yeah, oh yeah, the April, April, my April dad didn't even realize. I think the Deja Vu episode deleted the original upload of Deja Vu. 
Oh. No, it's it, well, what it did was basically for me to get it to come up again in the feed, I changed what season it was in. Oh. So it just moved it up in the timeline oh, okay. to be a new episode. Even it's back it's, to where it was now, though, right? No, no. it's at the top. Oh, it's still it's at the, the top. top. Well, it's, it's fine. It, like, I mean, whatever. It's just, People yeah, find it's just, it how yeah, they find it's, it. It's a funny. It's just a funny. My dad didn't get it. He was like, <laughs> I was like, you listen to a new episode? And he was like, no, I'll listen to it right now. And then he was just listening to it. <laughs> and I was like. It's deja vu. We already did this one. It's funny because at the beginning, we we talked about having Brent record a thing at the end of the episode. It's like, wait a minute. Didn't we already do this episode? (laughs) But (laughs) if you listen to the episode, we did. We already did it in the episode like multiple times. Because I I did not (laughs) listen to the episode at all. I just like, like, wait a minute. Didn't we already record this episode like a while ago? We have had that April Fool's idea since we recorded. Yeah, it just happened to be that within the first year of us starting the podcast, our you know, April Fools fell on One the day Wednesday. that we released. Yeah. So <laughs> it's awesome. And then now also, we just have to wait seven more years. And also, you guys got to check out that special Patreon bonus episode. Yeah. So, um, if you liked that, and also if you want to hear our opinions on uh Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, because we didn't talk about that in that particular episode because it wasn't out yet. Yep. That's how long ago we recorded that. You have to go give us one buckaroo and you can go to the Patreon, check out all our bonus episodes. One quarter portion. Give us one quarter portion. (laughs) Did you like my uh, Star Wars poster that I made for the... Yeah, it was awesome. I... I, The first thing I saw when I woke up was the text asking <laughs> us to send you a picture of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get out of bed, shower, and then send him a picture. And I completely forgot. <laughs> and it's then, okay. You already sent me like every angle of your face. I did send a lot Which of I angles. realized. And I was like, I can just yeah. use this. And me, I just like stopped working from my little weird home makeshift <laughs> yeah. workstation and just like tr- spent like five minutes trying to get the, the pose that Harrison Ford yeah. does for Han Solo. Brent, your couldn't Han Solo it. looks so funny. He, he nailed it. He nailed I it. I couldn't. Yeah. No, see, he's got those supple lips. I couldn't get that pout right. <laughs> I don't know who you look like in the picture, but you look like somewhat like I think More like Sam Rockwell or some shit. Who's the guy from Netflix's The Family? Because that's what you look like. The Family, I don't fucking, who, who knows? like the the one we talked about, or like the weird like Bill Burr show that's animated. No, the, the one that we <laughs> the one that we talked family. about, the one that we talked about. Um, look uh, like that guy, whatever that guy's like, name was, like the. The main you know, send us Doug an email. Yes. Doug yeah. Coe? Yeah. Send us but an Doug Coe doesn't have a beard. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you look like someone Maybe. else. I don't know. Anyway, who, who cares? Anyway, to finish the story. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, today, I like, I, I had, because I, I was just going to like summarize some Junji Ito stories, but then I had a brain blast today and was like, wait, why do I even like these stories? Hmm. So we're going to be talking about, as my slideshow says, we're going to the deconstruction of horror as a genre Ooh. through the lens of Junji Ito. Um, and I we'll get, I'm getting about to get an education here. We'll get it. We'll, too. we'll get into it. We'll get nice. into it. But first off, who is Junji Ito? He is a prolific horror manga artist. Mm. Um, oh. In Japan, it's called a mangaka or something. I don't know. I didn't write it down. I'm stupid. I should have done that. <laughs> um, he has written numerous manga stories, ranging from uh, very short stories that are only like a chapter long to stories that span multiple books. Mm. Um, his most popular stories include a story called Tomie, which is about a very beautiful young girl who people fall in love with and eventually um, have this very strong desire to murder her. Uh, there's a, there's the uh, Enigma of Emigara Fault, which we'll get into later. Uh, there, I don't talk about Tomie, that's why I explained it, but these yeah. other ones I do explain. Um, the Enigma of Emigara Fault, which is m- one of my personal favorite stories. Um, and his most famous story, Uzumaki, mm. um, which I was like, wait a second, 
isn't that Naruto's last name? Mm-hmm. Is it? And it's because it is. It's because it's the Japanese word for spiral. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, Naruto. Yeah, yeah. yeah Naruto it makes sense. He's got the spiral. Yeah, the leaf. Yeah. Vibe. So why? When I was reading all these stories and watching the anime series, which is on Funimation, which I don't recommend, it's not that good of an adaptation. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, why am I so interested in horror? Mm-hmm. You know? So then I started to, and then I was like, why is horror even a genre? Because it's, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive if you think about it. Like, yeah. why would we make and go and watch and consume media that terrifies us and scares us? Um, so I started to look into it. There is, um, so the simplest reason that like is my just personal theory is that because humans, um, desire control, um, control over their lives, over their bodies, over the, the world around them. Um, and oftentimes things that scare us are because are things that are out of our control. Um, like, like people doing things or big events you know Mm, right and so horror as a genre is a way for us to approach these things that we normally wouldn't have control in a controlled environment Mm. you know like in a movie in a book and whatever because like i can consume it i can can turn it off whenever i want i know it's not real i'm choosing to watch it Mm -hmm. and that way we get under we get this morbid curiosity out of the way of it yeah, morbid curiosity, I think, is definitely a big part of it. Because for the longest time, I was very anti-horror. I was like, nope, fuck that. I do not want to purposely scare myself. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. what where's the joy in that? And as I've been getting older, I've been getting more and more, like, okay with horror stuff and actually, like, interested in more. Like, it was even when I wasn't into it, like, I remember being, like, weirdly fascinated by it. Like, yeah. I remember, I forget Back in the the age of cable, when people studied cable, <laughs> they used to have like these like countdown shows, and one of them was like the 100 greatest horror movies of all time. And I remember <laughs> watching all of it, even though like I was like, I do not watch horror movies, like I just can't do it. And I was like, still like fascinated. I'm like, but like a little part of me is like, I want to know what these are about, but like, like I don't want to scare myself, but I want to know watching yeah. through the eyes, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. watching through yeah, your hands, yeah, you know, like watching. Like, you always peek through. I I am not a big horror movie guy at all, mm-hmm. but I watch things. I watch a lot of videos that talk about horror movies yeah. and like mm-hmm. that analyze horror movies and stuff. You're interested in like the so, psychological side of it and like just the. Not the psychological side of like the the analysis, but like the way that it makes well, you because feel. Because I want, like, it's because I want to experience the horror without without getting scared. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. So it's you're be- kind of like you you're kind like of like taking it to the next level. Yeah. You're inceptioning the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. Of well, the I'm horror. not. Well, I'm not inceptioning it. I just get scared super easily, yeah. and so I like like so. It, it, this this goes well into my next point. Okay. Um, there is a an author named Noel Carroll mm-hmm. who wrote a book called The Philosophy of Horror. Um, and in that book, he describes that the attraction of horror is paradoxical, saying that things that are repulsive are inherently, uh, in, inherently draw our curiosity. Mm. Um, and the more repulsive they are the more horrific they are the more curious we are towards them and it's this in it it's it's a cycle and so the 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 paradoxical nature of horror is that because it is horrific we want to see it and then like we want to see more and and it's just it just keeps going around and around and so i think that's a big part of what it is is that i like inherently as a human being i have that 
that desire and that curiosity, but yeah. I'm a little scaredy baby. <laughs> so I don't want to actually watch the movies. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, you know, are we talking like when you, when we say horror, right? Are we talking like Kafka type horror? Or are we mainly like thinking like, you know, ghostly kind of like anything that is anything mm-hmm. from like it's it's the reason why people watch pimple popping videos yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, it's the reason why um crowds gather when a house burns down yeah or rubbernecking on the highway mm-hmm. you know or like um i knew kids in middle school who would go on the internet and look up like gore sites oh, you know i had friends like that mm-hmm. like in high school middle school and like they would just watch like you know, trigger warning they would watch like people like shooting themselves and stuff yeah, yeah there's and a it, lot of those like really weird famous videos out there yeah, like the like, wrecked kind of threads yeah, yeah. yeah. Like i that, hate that. that that whole thing it's all under the same umbrella of, yeah. so like everything from kafka to like ghost stories is all under this like morbid curiosity yep um type type uh thing mm-hmm. um so this author carol goes on to describe um the main the main narrative that horror stories use yeah um is called a disclosure narrative okay. um and a disclosure narrative is exactly what it sounds like where the the story and plot revolves around the discovery or revealing or learning of information as the story goes on um the so the most famous um author of the disclosure narrative is probably hp lovecraft yeah his like everything like you can go listen to our episode about him where like he his major major themes are uh revolve around forbidden knowledge and the discovery of this knowledge and the consequences of the people that seek this knowledge right um so where was i it's a good app go check it out yeah, yeah. it's a good app. it was a fun episode it, it's a it's a lot of fun and so the um sort of like a like a like a mystery yeah almost mm-hmm. um but horror is that th- th- that's the basis of every horror story and the reason the only reason why we're attracted to them in a sense because if they're what if 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 it's just pure fear and mm-hmm. pure like scariness quote unquote then there's no reason to consume it Right. Like, I I think that's why there's such a criticism of modern horror or early 2000, 2010s horror where it was all just jump scares. Yeah. See, that was always the thing that I hated about horror was just like there were so many movies I would go, you know, all your friends, the little kitty friends would get dropped (laughs) off at the movie theater because this is like middle school for me, like in the early 2000s that you're talking about. And every one of these movies was just like it's like all right, this woman who's alone in the house is going to walk in this room and then ah, something happens yeah. and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to go to the bathroom for a second. Ah, something yeah. in the mirror. It's just like, that's the whole movie. I, I'm like, this is a, annoying. I have yeah, a really interesting little story about yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, that whole situation in high school where you go out to the to the movies with your friends and you yeah. see a, like uh, Insidious or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being able to go to the movies when you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those were the days. Insidious though, I, Insidious though is, is good. Insidious, yeah, has, it's a good movie. Like, Insidious isn't just jump scares. Yeah, so we went to see the Insidious two in theaters, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, me and my friends all went as like a big group. And I hated horror movies in high school. Like I would never go near a horror movie. And so like 
you know, there was this girl that was there and I was like, all right, all right, I guess I'll go. So I like sucked it up and I went to the, to the movies with, um, my friends, Ben and Sam. And we met the rest of them there. You guys know Ben. Yep. And so me, Ben and Sam, we took my like little Saturn station wagon, which I just got. And we saw the movie. Dude, I used to have a, a Mercury. No, no, I not a Saturn, not a Saturn. I had Mercury. A, I had a Mercury Sable station wagon. Dude, those things, they're great. You know, the <laughs> thing was falling apart, but they're great. There was a mouse in the in the AC. But nice. My friend's mom had a station wagon for a long time. Those things were so good. Yeah, such a such a bygone era. The station you know wagon. What? Elon Musk, bring back the station wagon. <laughs> I'll buy. I would. Model, I would drive the heck out of an electric station wagon. What do we call it? The model squee. I don't know. Yes, yeah, the absolutely. Squee. The model squee. <laughs> and Elon, you can have that for a low, low price of fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, honestly, that's that's cheap. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Higher, so, so this was kind of like crazy, but we, you know, we saw the movie, and I wasn't really used to seeing horror movies, so I was on high alert. Like I was ready for jump scares and I'm just, I was freaking out the whole time because you know, the, the like creepy nun thing popped out and was like, Rah! yeah. And so I was like very antsy. Mm-hmm. The movie ended. We got back to my car and I'm still on high alert just cause like, you know, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I did that. It's such an adrenaline rush. And we pull out, it's a busy street and this person just comes out of nowhere and almost T-bones me. And like, I was going like 35, you know, mm-hmm. and this car just comes out of nowhere from the side and they came out full speed. And so I had to grab my wheel. I turned completely left, went on the other side of the road to the oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. And I went like, realized there was a car coming at me and I went back and I got hit. Like she hit my car, mm-hmm. the, the person hit me and I caught outside my car and I pulled over to the side and there was like a big scrape and the person drove off. They just like left. No. Um, but I'm convinced that if I didn't see a horror movie and I wasn't on high alert, <laughs> I don't think I would have been ready That's to shit. dodge that car because I barely, like Ben was in the, in the back seat and he would have gotten hit. It was, yeah. and then, you know, T-bones are like the worst kind of car yeah. accident mm-hmm. for, especially for like someone in the back seat. Um, so it was a very close call and I like, you know, I was so high alert. So I, I think that was kind of like the reason I was able to kind of, you know, see it coming and you're like, already, you're already in your fight or flight response. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, and you know, there's a lot of people that say when you're in your fight or flight, res- like kind of moment, um, you can kind of do amazing things in that situation. You know, like the mother pulling up a car to lift, like mm-hmm. to get their ch- child out from underneath kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. Just that, that was kind of a, Reminded me of that situation. I want to be honest. I thought it was going to be more relevant. <laughs> Is it not relevant enough? <laughs> no, I mean, it's fine. Um, no, no, I, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it was a good story. It was a good story. Yeah. Um, so uh, where H.P. Lovecraft, though, where he, mm-hmm. where he differs is he has a protagonist in the traditional sense who is working towards achieve, working towards progressing the plot as a protagonist often does. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this world, Lovecraft Lovecraft presents a warped reality that is beyond our understanding, and ultimately, Lovecraft is a lot uh, to the imagination. It's, it's a lot of his themes where 
the limit of the human imagination plays into the themes of the story that the humans can't even comprehend Mm -hmm. the sort of reality warping things that they're observing. Um, And us as an audience experiences that through how the protagonist experiences it. Yeah. And so where Junji Ito's work differs is Ito presents a world that is broken beyond any sense of logic to the point where humans can comprehend it. And because of that, it makes even less sense. Like with, with Lovecraft, you're, you sort of, since, since it's, we can't understand it, you stop trying to. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas with, with Ito, you can. And so you keep going and it forces you to keep thinking about it. Mm Um, so it's like just realistic enough almost. Yeah, he he his his major major themes are taking things that are familiar. And there's a quote where he says, I he goes, I don't try to make things scary. I look at ordinary life from a backwards perspective. Mm. Um, Interesting. And so because of that, his characters take a backseat to the spectacle. And so. The Junji Ito's stories are the paradox of horror in its most pure form Mm. because you don't go there to see you don't go there for for a a great story arc. You don't go there for developed characters or anything. You go there to because well, you can go to the first slide. You go there for this, essentially. Um, So this is a this is from. Oh, my God. This is from a story called Slug Girl. And for people who aren't listening and who haven't checked out the Patreon or the website, which you should. Mm -hmm. um, It is. Oh, yes. Brainboggle podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It is a slug or well, I guess it's a snail in this sense that has come out of the mouth of a girl, a decapitated girl. Um, she's not actually decapitated. In oh, this, she's not. In this story, she stops. She like stops going to school. Um, and she's like still alive and conscious. Um, so what happens is like the her tongue just got replaced by a snail, like a slug that started to grow out of her mouth by someone or just like it just happened. Just happened, mm-hmm. and so. Um, her body's actually still like connected where her neck would be and her body would be. It's just all small and shriveled up. Oh, so like as the bigger, the bigger that the slug gets. Well, actually, so she was at full body, um, and she had the tongue, the, the snail tongue. Yeah. And her parents filled a bathtub up with salt and were like, this will kill the slug. Mm. And they put her in it. And then when they went to like take her out, they were, they were like, I can't find her. And then they picked up her body. They picked up her head and were like, they were like, Oh my God, where's her body? And they were like, Oh, it's just, it's still there. It's just all small and shriveled up. Oh wow. Um, and then, yeah. So it, so she just lives in their garden now with like, that's the end the end of the story is she like, she just lives in the garden with the other snails. Mm. Um, (sighs) and hate that stuff. And it was like, they were like, oh, and whenever you go, like, if you go near her, the eyes will like follow you, her, her, the eyes on her head. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, so it's like, like, she's still alive. She's just a snail shell now. Interesting. So and like, that's the story. Have you seen Tusk? No, I haven't actually. Uh, it's very similar. The, the ending in that like sort of uh, horror sense where um, basically the story is that 
a podcaster. Ooh. Oh, no, not us. Um, the most precious commodity yeah. of all, podcasters. <laughs> yeah, what's the guy's name? Uh, Justin, Jason, Long. Justin Long. Yeah, yeah. He gets uh, kidnapped by a man who's obsessed with walruses. And he, uh, it's it's a Kevin Smith movie. So it's like horror comedy. Real bad. Um, don't watch it. <laughs> but basically, he like kidnaps this podcaster and slowly turns him into a walrus by like, you know, having surgery on him and like cutting like he like cuts off his legs and like the podcaster like wakes up and like looks down and his legs are gone and uh the the crazy guy is like filing his leg bones into like tusks mm-hmm. to like stick in his face it's horrifying um it's a comedy but it's still like very disturbing and so the way it ends is he's so messed up and he's like this like weird like skin grafted like walrus thing and it, it, he the, the the movie ends with him sort of being like, I'm accepting the fact that I'm a walrus now. And, and his friends <laughs> and his girlfriend go to visit him at a zoo. And he's just like, like in the zoo looking up and he's just a walrus. Now he's eating fish. Yeah. Uh, you can still see his face, you know, it's still yeah. Justin long, <laughs> but yeah. um, it just reminded me of this. Cause it's just like so disturbing and like uh, horrifying. Yeah. Hey, Ugh, uh, I hate it. Horrifying. I hate it. Yeah. So, since his so his, I don't his, like it. his his the characters in in his in his um in his stories are just like there to experience the spectacle yeah and because they just because they're just there it it allows us to to view the spectacle without caring about the characters mm-hmm. and so it, it like basically because I don't care about this girl yeah. I want to see her become the snail essentially because I'm morbidly curious about it to keep going with that. You're not like, Oh my God, no, she's going to become the snail. You don't care. Yeah. Um, interesting. So now we'll go into a, um, we'll talk about the, 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 how, how people like how horror scares us Mm -hmm. in, in, in different ways. And there are many, many different ways. Um, and like, this is all like subjective in my opinions. I watched this video from the tail foundry. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. go check them out on YouTube. Yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they are a a great YouTube channel about like writing and storytelling and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have a, a few videos about Junji Ito where they talk about how, um, there's th- she, m- many people consider the human self to be comprised of three parts, mm-hmm. um, the mind, the body and the spirit or the soul. Yep. Um, and so basically there's the three, the three different main parts of horror are body horror, which attacks the body, obviously psychological saw. horror. Yeah. Saw's body horror, uh, psych- well like horror uses all three of these right um in different forms there's body horror psychological horror and the uncanny um and so we'll i'll talk about each uh each one of these in relation to um a few different ito stories cool um stoked let's do this ready for it the first one that we're going to talk about is body horror Mm. Um, yay (laughs) because this one is it's 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 funny because this one i find the least interesting yeah to like analyze but at the same time it's the most disturbing to me um so we can go to the first next slide oh boy here we go drum roll um so this is so we'll be talking about body horror in the context of the enigma of amigara fault 
Um, and the Enigma of Origami Fault, I said before, is my favorite. I remember this one. Yeah. Junji Ito story. Mm-hmm. Um, this oh. is this one's been memed really hard because I, I'll, I'll explain it when we get there. But basically, the story of Amigara Fault is there was this massive earthquake in Japan mm-hmm. that revealed this big fault line in a mountain. And um, the, again, these pictures will be on the Patreon and the website. Oh, you totally talked about this in an episode. Yeah, and, I forget I remember which one this. it was. If you guys remember us, remember it, email us. Yeah, let us know. Um, but basically, the holes, maybe it was in the SCP episode. Yeah, that was a while ago. Basically, they show these holes and people start coming from all around to see the this phenomenon. There's thousands of thousands of holes that are in the shapes of a human body silhouette. And it's quickly discovered that the holes perfectly match someone somewhere in the world. Everyone has their own hole. Um, And so people, even more people start flocking to this place in order to find their hole because there's this weird drive to, to, to enter your hole. Um, And that's, so that's where the meme comes in because there's Mm -hmm. a scene where this, this guy goes, this hole's me, this hole, it's like, it was made for me. This is my hole. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, which I don't really get it, but like people found that line really funny. (laughs) Um, So like, that's where the meme is. And it was like (laughs) meme to hell, but like the story is like up until this point, it's all psychological. It's all about like self-motivation and self-control and, about how like they just they, like the people don't understand it it's like the, the holes fit you perfectly so like what like what does that mean what does that why mean is why there? why you know like why yeah why do we want to go into this hole and they're like it doesn't make any sense i don't like so and and the two main characters are this man and this girl and um he like eventually he like boards up their holes because they find them mm-hmm. um and he's like there now we can't get in and they go to sleep and um one night um he wakes up and he sees that all the rocks are taken out of her hole and that she's gone into it and he oh. so he's like struggling with that and eventually he succumbs to the temptation and enters into his hole too oh my god um and like they fit you they fit like so like people like you have to get naked to fit into these holes like that's how perfect these holes fit you um so we can go to the next slide and um so years like is it years i don't know it's a long time (laughs) later i think it's years later um there's another huge earthquake yep that reveals the other side of this fault and the other side of the holes. Um, So as you can see now, though, the holes have been like, the holes are all elongated, elongated, um, morphed. And um, so these uh, geologists are like, are looking and they're like, oh, should we like look inside these holes to see if they have a connection to the ones that we saw before um and they look inside and they find if we can go to the next slide um they find that as the holes have progressed into the mountain they have slowly twisted from that regular human shape into this shape that's not even recognizable as a human being anymore because mm-hmm. as it like slowly slowly as they've pushed yeah. through the mountain they've just been spread apart into 
that creature. And they're still alive. And they're the still alive. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of remember wondering this the first time you told us. So like they, I know this is probably not explained in the story. This is the end, by the way. Once they, okay. So this, this is the last, this is like, splash this page is the whatever. end. Yeah. So once they go in the hole, they sort of just stay there and the mountain kind of pushes them through. No, they walk through. So as they walk, the hole kind of moves to their body. Well, no, they don't walk like that. Like they just kind of like they like they're stuck in that position. And yeah. they, I guess I guess the I guess the, the mountain doesn't like push them. They just sort right. of move. They it. sort of like go through the. Yeah, hole. they sort of like slip through it, mm-hmm. and then yeah, yeah they, that. So I mean, Ooh. this this isn't this this one is it's it's very disturbing to me because it's it's not the most graphic example of body horror. Yeah. That. Like we'll see an even more we'll see a more graphic one later, but it's I don't know the idea. Like again, body horror is so incredibly disturbing yeah. to me, and it's so this visceral thing you kind of can't unsettling. help it. Like you just see something like that, and you can't help but like get like the phantom pains, or like right. just imagine like being in that spot or that situation, and it just like yeah. you can't help but feel immediately uncomfortable. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's the idea of like. As we talked about the self before, um, like with the spirit and the mind, the body is the like the vessel for mm-hmm. those two things. And so, right. like you, like you can have a body without a mind or a spirit, but right, you right. can't have either of those without the body. So when the, when the basis of the human bo- when of the human being mm-hmm. is being contorted and and corrupted and and broken, it it instills this sense of fragility in right. us. Right. And, and plus, I mean, we've all experienced physical pain in some form or another, like throughout yeah. our lives. So like you, you already have that sort of like weird built in where like, I know how bad this hurts. So imagine how badly th- like this would like feel, Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like whenever this is like a very small example of it, but like whenever anything happens to someone's like, fingernails in a show or a movie you know it just like immediately makes me want to like vomit or like i'm just like yeah, oh my I god it. i kiss i can't i can't do it like anytime like there's like a torture scene or something yeah. something someone's like sticking like a knife on the deal you know, oh, or yeah. like what was it like black swan where like her like toenails are all fucked up or whatever oh, from yeah. like the dancing and stuff i'm just like oh ugh, I, I, I can't hate that i oh. think this one this one too um this is like a more extreme version yeah, of that. Yeah, it's like it, well, cuz like the entire body is distorted into and you have to think like it almost looks like an even more extreme version of like the scream or something like the yeah, way yeah. the mouth well, and like head is elongated. Um you know? he has he uses that art style a lot mm-hmm. for the um for the cover of his Fragments of Horror story. It's 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 one of his main characters in in the scream painting. Mm-hmm. Um well, There you go. But like I I think it's the fact that they start with they start with the like again. There's no explanation because it's just yeah. like that's the spe- that's the spectacle. Also, and, like the, 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 the people have this irresistible pull to this thing that's like made for them, and then like, yes, it's made to like yeah torture and like destroy like, them. Like, and it's the weird. Whole, like the holes were made for you. Like it's like the holes fit no one else. They fit one person, and that person is you. And then when you go into it, you come out so profoundly not you yeah mm. that it's just so and it makes you think like why you know mm. like what who's who's behind this like why what is the purpose for taking something that you think is you know yourself 
you know, you, we always look at our bodies and we say like, that is me, like my image. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we, we think of ourselves as our bodies a lot of the time. And so like, what is the, the higher power that's yeah creating this morph? And then like the other thing too is like, the whole like the holes on the first side that you enter don't change like what if somebody gained a lot of weight or lost a lot of weight like what happens then Mm. and like what does that mean for who you are as a person in compare like in compare it it just there's just so much to think about with and that like that's why the amigara fault is one of my Mm. is one of my favorites um so crazy it's it's oh it's so it's so it's so deeply unsettled it's a very interesting concept yeah you know all right so we'll move on to um psychological horror which is the this is my favorite type personally this is this is the most common one in horror like i would say because like not everything not everything is body horror but junji ito usually always has body horror and psychological he usually has all three of them um but like I've seen plenty of movies that don't, that don't have any body horror and just psychological horror. Um, and so obviously body horror attacks the body. This one attacks the mind and your memories and, and, and your sanity, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. And so Ito's take on it is usually having characters have some sort of manic obsession or um, be consumed by an idea. Um, so we see this in, um, uh, there's a short story called Pretty Boy where there's a Japanese, there's a Japanese like folktale or tradition or something where if two people are at a crossroads intersection when they're walking, right? Um, like a T junction or a four way or something mm-hmm. and they're going and they're going perpendicular ways. When they cross, um, you ask the person for to tell you their to tell for them to tell you your fortune. So like if we met Bobby, I'd be like, Oh, can you tell me my fortune? Mm. Um, and so in the story, they always ask, will I ever find true love? And this person, this pretty boy always says, no, you won't. Um, and so these women become obsessed with, um, the idea of their fortunes. And when they hear that they won't, they always end up killing themselves mm-hmm. um, because they've become so obsessed with this life that they perceive in their mind to be what they want as a perfect life. Yeah. Um, another one is this story called the library of illusions where this young man inherits a library from his parents when they pass away and he becomes obsessed with taking care of the library and making sure none of the books are destroyed or damaged or go missing or anything. But a few books end up going missing and because of that he convinces himself that the only way to truly protect these books is to memorize all of them and there's like thousands of books in this library and by the time he has memorized all of them he has completely forgotten who and what he is and everything and he has just become the library itself as a as as a person if he even is that anymore Mm -hmm. um but my favorite example of a psychological horror is um a story called the long dream and we can go to the next slide for this one um and so i didn't format it like it would be in the manga so the left is first (laughs) um but what happens is there's a it follows two doctors in a psych hospital Mm -hmm. and um 
the story starts with the the girl on the right. Um, she doesn't look like that yet. She looks normal. Just imagine she looks normal right now. <laughs> um, she comes into the psych hospital because she has such paranoia around death. She is so afraid to die that she can't like exist and can't function as a human being anymore. So she's in there to try to figure out that. And she sees the man on, um, she sees the man on the right, um, before he, uh, dissolves. Um, can you go to the next slide, Brent? I think I might have the image or I might've forgot to put it on. No, I forgot to put it on. Um, so he, he, the, the man on the right, has been there for a long time, um, a few years. And he goes in there because he has really long dreams. Um, and they start off just being a few, a few hours. Um, and eventually they get to the point where they're an entire day. And it's to the point where he experiences the dream as if it was a full day. Mm. Yeah. And so it progresses to weeks. It progresses to months years decades and eventually he starts spending an entire century trapped in his dreams and they're not always dreams they have, because sometimes they're nightmares and yeah. he'll, so he'll get stuck in a nightmare for a century um and it slowly corrupts him and in his body so this is another example of body horror too um but it changes his body into this grotesque figure where he's losing his hair his eyes go white his head gets really big um, and she starts thinking that he's the Grim Reaper because he wanders around to keep himself from falling asleep. So, like, every time he'll wake up, he'll be like, he, he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know anybody. And he'll slowly remember it until he falls asleep again. And then it's another, you know, hundred years. Yeah. So he's living lifetimes every time he falls asleep in a nightmare realm and it's taking this toll on him. And eventually, if we look on the right, he fades away into dust. Um, and the only thing that's left are these crystals um and so the head doctor takes the crystals and starts giving them to the girl who's afraid of death mm. and the other doctor is like you can't do that what are you doing um and he's like i he's like everything else we've tried hasn't worked on this girl so i thought the crystals might give might give her the same long dreams and so he gives them to her so that she never dies, but instead exists forever in her really long dreams. Ooh, some inception shit. And that's, and that's shit. the, uh, yeah, that's the end of it. And I love, oh, I just love the, like, I don't know, the idea of being trapped in a dream for a hundred years is yeah. like, and it, like, because you would forget everything. Right. You would completely like, yeah, I feel like mentally experienced that amount of time. Yeah. Like, you know, Ooh, it's like time dilation shit right there. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's funny. I recently watched Inception again because it was put on Netflix, and like that's kind of the whole like that's the the end game is that you don't want to get stuck in limbo, which is you know you're so deep inside your dreams that you just lived lifetimes there, and so like the main character, he's afraid to see his kids because he's he's like 150 years old in his mind. You know, he's lived his whole life with his his wife in this dream world. And then he comes back and his kids are still two and four as mm -hmm. they were when he went into the dream. And it's just like sort of like grasping reality. Like it's like at that, that point it's like almost the kids almost become the dream, you know, like he, he doesn't, he's so far detached from what is real. 
he was in there for so long. Yeah, they that real know, life has become know a dream. what's real and what's mm-hmm. not. That's like the the same thing as to what happens with this guy. Is he, he, yeah, he doesn't stops realizing what's real and what's what's not. There was a show on, um, I don't know, like FX or some one of those shows. It, it looked super campy. Where there was a man who was in a car accident, um, and he was in a coma. Um, and there was, you don't, the, uh, I never watched the show, obviously, but the premise was there was, um, when he went, he, when he went into the coma, he would be in a world where his wife survived the car crash and his, and his son died. And then, and, and then he would fall back into this coma and then go into a world where his wife died, but his son survived. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he and the audience doesn't know which one is the real world and which one's the dream world. And so it's him. He's using him traveling between these two quote unquote worlds to try to figure out which one's real. And like, so he can come to grips with it or whatever. Interesting. It's kind of an interesting idea, but it looked bad. I know (laughs) you you haven't seen Rick and Morty, right? No. So spoiler for Rick and Morty. There's that uh, episode. I don't know if you saw this one. Oh, I think I know this actually, where it's like, which, which Morty is the real one or whatever. Um, I was thinking, Oh, you were thinking of where he was Roy. Roy. Yeah. You've, I think we've talked about this before, but like Morty plays an arcade game called Roy Mm -hmm. where like he puts on a VR helmet and he wakes up and he's like a, like a one year old baby Mm -hmm. in this like simulated life. And he's like, Oh, okay. And then, his mom's like, did you have a bad dream? And the kid's like, yeah, I dreamt that I was like in this weird place with like a old man. And then the game is just a whole lifetime. Just where like a you regular play, life. Where yeah. you are Roy and you play mm-hmm. as Roy. And so Morty grows old in this game. He gets married and then he's like owns like his own like shop and he ends up like falling and dying. And then he wakes up and he's in an arcade with some old guy and he's like, where's my wife? Where am I? Oh my God, I'm dead. And yeah. And Rick's like, no, you're just playing a video game in an alien arcade. Yeah. He's like, he's like, dang, you had a boring life. Yeah. And then Rick plays. And the first thing Rick does is like burn his credit cards and goes off. He the goes grid. off the grid. Yeah. yeah. So like, it makes you wonder, like, you know, uh, it makes you think about your own life and it's like, Oh, are we in a dream? Are we the aliens? Are we the aliens the in alien. playing a video game? Old human. I mean, if we are, I mean, it seems like we're getting towards the end point of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Seriously. It feels like we're living out. I saw something funny the other day. Um, we're, we're potentially uh, going to talk about. Uh, I don't, we were talking about this earlier, Jack. Uh, that show, uh, Tiger King. Yes, on uh, Netflix. I've heard many things about this show. It is. It's only six episodes. I would definitely recommend it. I have a lot of feelings about it. It's a fucking wild ride. So it's worth the watch for, for at least that. Um, right. I have definitely lots of feelings about the show and like the people mm. involved within it. But the main guy it follows is this guy, Joe Exotic. And um, I saw this hilarious tweet the other day that was like, I think the simulation is starting to go too fast. And it said like, Joe Exotic contracts the coronavirus. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my God. I was God. like, that is the most 2020 uh headline i have yeah, ever seen so funny <laughs> so good um, oh anyway does he actually have it i don't know he's got <laughs> you, you watch the documentary and you can decide for yourself whether or not you believe he has it or oh, not yeah. he's, he's kind of got a he's kind of a known liar yeah, for, okay. in some respects but uh oh man yeah anyway all right <laughs> so back to the horror back to the yeah. horror so now we're gonna go into the the uh spirit horror which is Ooh. called the uncanny 
Um, we can go to the next slide. Um, so you can just uh, observe that real quick. Oh. Um, so this one is this one is I find the most interesting because it's it's so like vague and it's like how do you attack you know the spirit mm-hmm. of a person? Um, and it's sort of like I, I interpret it as it's it's like uh, morality, security, familiarity. Um, like it basically. It's basically everything else that's not, you know, your mind or your or your your body. It's things like like your relationship to your family, the relationship to the world around you, how you perceive things. Right. The altering. uh, Yeah, it's like the the, that that sort of um, that sort of thing. And so there's um, you guys probably know this. Well, Brent, I know, probably knows this. Bobby, no offense, but you might not know exactly this but the 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 concept of the uncanny valley oh sure yeah, i don't yeah. um <laughs> good call yep nailed that one so <laughs> so the uncanny valley for bobby and those who don't know is it, it's essentially a graph of it's 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 a it's a linear direct line where as things become more human they become more appealing um and it goes like as things be, like yeah it's just as it goes it goes up and up um up until there's a certain point where right before things are perfectly human the graph dips down and the graph is there's no numbers behind this graph the graph is just an an example but things that are almost human but not quite are unsettling or uncanny yep um and then as you get past that it goes back up along the graph um and so normally when you're like looking at things you look at it from the from the start of like it would normally it would go unsettling to appealing back to really unsettling back to appealing but ito starts at the high end and moves back so he starts with the familiar and then dips into the valley to like quickly turn things um unfamiliar Mm -hmm. yeah uh and so this the the image that we have up here is is an example from Hellstar Ramina. Um and so this story is a newly discovered planet is well a new planet is discovered in a far off galaxy. And at first everyone's like, "Woo, oh my god, it's a new planet, it's so cool, whatever." It's far like that happens all the time, whatever. Yeah, right. Um but then they astronomers re- notice that its pattern of movement through the galaxy is really abnormal and it's getting closer to earth. And they start to realize that other celestial bodies that come close to this planet are disappearing. And eventually once it's close enough to observe, they see that um, this planet is eating other planets. Um, And again, this image is very unsettling. Um, And so the rest of the story is just people on Earth panicking as the planet gets closer and then um, Earth gets eaten by this big planet. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, that's it. That's the end. Um, and it's so it's it's it, this one is is like hard to find examples for because it's so like. It's so weird. There's another one. Ugh, I, w- oh, I can't remember the name of the story, um, but there is a man who sees who who's looking through a fashion magazine 
And he turns to a page of this model of this lady who has this very gaunt face. She's she she looks very, very scary, essentially, like stereotypically scary. And he talks to his friends um, and he's like, I can't get this image of this woman out of my mind. Um, and he's like, forget about it. We have to we have this student film that's due that we have to work on for this for the film contest. Let's just work on that. So they work on that. They win their film contest um, and they get they get some prize money and they're like, let's use this prize money to make an even better film so we can keep our career rolling. And they're like, why don't we send out a casting call to get some people in? And so they get two responses back. One is like this really beautiful girl who is like exactly what they need. And the other one is that model who's very, mm. very terrifying. Yeah. Um, and he, and, and the guy's like, we can't cast her. Like I can't be with her. And his friend is like, no, she has this interesting look about her. Let's just cast her. And so they cast her um, and they go out on a mountainside to shoot the scene. Um, and all of the cast and crew are all s- giving so much attention to the, to the main star, um, that the woman kills and eats her because she's so jealous. And she has like, you see that she has these really sharp teeth and this like pointed tongue. Um, and it's just, it, it it's just like one of those things where the whole, through the whole time you're like, you're like, oh, well, obviously she's she's going to end up being fine. She's just going to look scary. But like, no, she's just like she is as evil as she looks and is a demon who's going to eat this girl. Wow. Um, and it's just like it's just so hard. It's like you I, you can't even explain like behind like she just like I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Like she like through the whole story, you're, you're telling yourself like, oh, there's no way like because right. they wouldn't do. But they do do that. He did that. Subverting expectations. The thing is. He's subverting expectations by exactly following your expectations. Right. It's like subverting the expectation that this expectation will be subverted. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's so weird. It is super, super weird. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah. Yes. So that's the, that's, that's, that's uh Hellstar Romina. Um, yeah. I don't and, like that one. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's creepy. It looks like it's trying to smooch yeah, I mean, me. There is something scary about this sort of like inevitability inevitability of things you know like knowing that like oh hey this like thing that's going to kill us is coming for us and we can't stop it and it's just going to happen and we just have to sit here and wait for it to happen yeah you know like also because it's like yeah who it like a plant like they discover new planets all the time there's also like a difference between um you know a meteorite Mm -hmm. right coming to kill us all and someone consuming you yeah it's like Oh, my home planet is going to be consumed like it's a Cheeto. Mm-hmm. Like it's just such a weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like belittling your entire existence, mm-hmm. and it's so weird. Yeah, because when it's when it's a lifeless asteroid, it's like it's just cosmic fate or whatever yeah. that the asteroid happened to be in the same path as the as the Earth. But this like this planet is seeking out things to eat. And it's just oh, it's so weird. Um, well, it just also makes you think about the scale of the universe. You know, like, yeah, there could be giant celestial creatures out there that don't need you know yeah air so um we'll go into what i think is probably ito's best example of all three working in tandem and that's uzumaki Mm. um so i think yeah we can go to the go to the next slide so uzumaki is a story of a my god is a story of a small coastal town in japan that becomes obsessed with 
spirals. It's it, it's described as a, as a curse. Um, and the two the two main characters are uh, this boyfriend and girlfriend who um, don't who just sit and watch as the town becomes obsessed with these images. And so it starts with like, you see like the trees leaves start curling and the grass starts curling and, and, and girl's hair will, will become curly and, and it, it will start to like take over their brain and the main character girl, her hair starts. This is like the only thing that they do actively where, um, her hair like starts to like talk to her almost. And her boyfriend is like, you have to cut this off. And she's like, I can't. And so he does it. Um, and it like sort of cures her of this madness. And so yeah. the rest of the time they just watch as people, um, it starts with P- the, after their hair starts curling, um, they start to carve this symbol into their face and disfigure their bodies. They were corrupted by the twist. Um, basically, a little control reference, but mm-hmm. didn't really work. Instead of the, instead of the hiss, it's yeah, the twist. Gotcha. The twist. Oh. That was awesome. That was awesome. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> some people start to mutate into these weird snail creatures that have obviously the spiral um, on their shell. Uh, we can go to the next slide. I like there. how it's just like the teacher or something going into the classroom like, hey, guys. So and it's just up. Oh, teacher's a slug man today. Yeah, it's it, like it, it's it's crazy how the people just don't. They they just. Yeah, they just accept. They the just accept. Well, everyone's everyone's under this curse. You can see in this image, it's this is their house. So um, eventually a typhoon comes and destroys a lot of the town. Um, mm-hmm. A typhoon obviously is like swirling winds um, and it destroys the town. So they rebuild it with this stone labyrinth where they connect all their houses in this one big swirl. Um, you can even see like the trees on the right side right, are, right, are, right. are all swirling and stuff. Yeah. Um, eventually uh, Kyrie and Shuichi, who are the two main characters, mm-hmm. um, they decide to leave this town. And as they, when they reach the edge of the town, they're like, wait, we can't just leave. And they decide to go back. Um, and by the time they get back to the town, they realize that years have passed. What? Um, because as you go out from the spiral, time moves faster and time moves slower, obviously, as you move in. So because they moved out, time moved really fast for them. So when they came back, Things things had progressed to a point. So the whole town is is enraptured in this in this labyrinth, and they they make their way through the labyrinth into the center, where a snail creature pushes them down the hole. And we can go to the next slide. And this is what they find in the in the in the hole. Everything is just different versions of spirals. The people have all become spiraled together the buildings everything around them is all just different spirals and swirls and twists and stuff and um uh, shuichi finds his parents in that big mass of bodies on the bottom all spiraled together Ugh. um and he's like i have to stay here with my parents but you need to leave and you need to find a way to fix this and she is like well I don't want to leave you. I want to stay with you. Um, and so they eventually decide to stay together. Um, and if we go to the last slide, we can see how the story ends. They're going to be spirals. I'm telling you. Um, where they twist themselves together in this impossible way. 
Um, and uh, they just become part of the spiral. Um, and uh, this isn't this is the end of them, but the end of the actual story is a big drill bit shaped stone pillar rises from the center and it time around that drill bit doesn't move at all it's like a black hole and so it's sort of like well funny you say that because the name of the city in japanese in english translates to black hole city um and so the end is sort of like the curse is eternal, just like a, how a spiral just keeps spiraling in. Uh, and um, people basically got spaghettified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something that's funny about this Weird. story is this was actually the inspiration of this story was um, Ito in an interview said in Japanese cartoons, mm. comedic characters will have like swirls on their cheeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was like, I, he was like, I wanted to take that and turn it into something horrific. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's the, that's the, 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 the whole ideas behind Ito is, is taking something ordinary and familiar and corrupting it to the point where it's unrecognizable and that's the slow corruption that freaks me out. And that's it. why we're we're drawn to it. He has many other great stories. If you are, if, yeah. you, if if any of these stories interested you, I definitely recommend you go and read them for yourself, or look into them. Or um, the uh, the other ones that we didn't uh, talk about. There's one called Gyo, which is really popular. Tomie, which we which we talked about briefly, which is which is again super super popular. Um, don't watch the Funimation thing. I was gonna say, bad. I'm surprised there aren't really any real adaptations of his work. There's a few. There's an adaptation of Uzumaki that's pretty critically acclaimed. Um, it was a four part series. There was also a four part live action hmm. that was made, which isn't as good from what I was able to gather. Um, the thing is, is it's just, it's like. It's hard. It's it's one thing to 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 like draw these images on the paper where you're sure. where you're like, and then to like get them to move and to get them to because they like we like we don't see the process into this. We just see this. Um, see the result. Yeah. Also, again, it's like any adaptation from from book to movie or whatever. Sure. It's it's probably like in the same vein that like we don't have like a ton of like amazing Lovecraft adaptations because so much of it is just like the inexplicable and like just like yeah what you build up in your own mind like just trying to imagine these things yeah that like sometimes when you try to actually make it literal it doesn't work quite as well you know this one is interesting though too because there's already images of it but even then it's still so hard you kind of like like with any sort of like graphic novel or comic book you have to fill in the gaps you know put yourself sort of in that position right so I can totally see that, but uh, oof. yeah. You we guys, know. either of you read uh, *Metamorphosis*? No. Yeah, no. I haven't. That book was really uh, weird. I had to read it in high school. Basically, like the story is like it follows this this man named Gregor, mm-hmm. who like you know he's got a job. He lives with his parents. He's like a young man, and he just wakes up one day and he's a bug. Uh, sort of like the fly, kind of like the fly. Yeah, 
Except that's more of a gradual change. Yeah, it yeah. just it, there's it's unexplained. Kafka is very very similar to Ito's style. And yeah, because it, it's just like it's just like things happen. It's very just like dreary and dreadful, and they don't explain it. Yeah, yeah. So like the the way that this the story goes is basically like he wakes up and his family's like freaked out. So the dad like hits him with like a bat and it like hurts him, and mm-hmm. so he's it, it's just like talks about like the the bug skin and how it's like profusely like leaking like oozing like bug liquids <laughs> and like it just gets worse and worse and they mm-hmm. find out it's gregor and then they try to feed it like milk and stuff and uh over time it, his life just becomes so sad and the family just goes in and like looks at him and they just they're disgusted by him and then he just dies and that's the story and there's no explanation <laughs> yeah, for why he became bug or <laughs> and it's just so hor- horrific i know i've said that 500 times but like it's just yeah i hate it so much because <laughs> it's so far from reality yeah but at the same time it's like you know reality is pretty messed up in its own way too in mm-hmm. some ways um yeah it's so sort of like what it. jack was saying at the top of the episode where like it allows you to sort of face these sort of like insane or like inconceivable like fear situations in a way that is sometimes like so fantastical that like you you can still detach at the end and be like well that was just a story or whatever well at least i'm just gonna die like a regular person (laughs) you know and not not as a bug turn into a spiral yeah yeah messed up man yeah, so for all you out there struggling right now dealing with quarantine and stuff, at least you're not being spiraled or being pushed through like a mountain that warps your body. You know I what? Guess. That made me feel better. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny. I was actually just talking about this with my, my dad last night because we were talking about, um, you know, with everything going on in terms of the, the virus, I've yeah. been like kind of trying to watch things that are a little more positive. Sure. Just because there's so much negativity in mm-hmm. the news and like real life. That it's uh, you kind of want to escape from it, yeah. By looking at things that make you happy and distract you, mm-hmm. um, and there's certain people who turn to things like horror and dark things mm-hmm. to get that kind of distraction, yeah. Uh, and then there's some people who turn to things that are like positive, like I'm watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> you know, right. my dad I just started watching Community last night. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, that's like a good comfort show for me. Exactly. You know. Yeah, or like Arrested Development, mm-hmm. you know, just something that's just like, yeah. yeah, put it on, makes you feel like. Mm-hmm. Or, but then I, I also watched wrong. like Ozark, like that show. And like oh, I watched yeah. the well, that's why we were talking season. about it. Yeah, Because yeah. like it start this the third season starts off with some dude getting his throat slit yeah. onto a bunch of white wedding dresses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I can't watch this right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Just like in this time period of mm-hmm. like where the world seems kind of dark. It's like, uh, I don't know if I want to watch that. The world feels a little dead, doesn't it? It does. Mm. It does. But we're all coming together. And you know what, guys? We've been getting fan emails. And yeah. we, we love it so much. Yeah, keep them coming in. Yes, I love it. I normally, I if we weren't recording a podcast, I would have texted you guys. Because I text, I say this all the time, but I text yeah. him every time we get an email. <laughs> yeah. This time I was like, I'm going to see him, so I'll just wait. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we literally just saw it, and I didn't realize this, but one of the emails did our little bit with the uh, the name alliteration thing. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty cool cute. to see. Yeah. Pretty cool to yeah, see our little stamps do, uh, spreading. Know, we will do your topic at some point. 
Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, we've gotten a few good uh, topic suggestions yeah, recently, have, which is nice emails. because we have been running out of our list. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a lot on our list, but like we've been running out of ones sometimes that... it's like yeah like i just like throw shit on there but i'm like i don't know if i really feel like talking about yeah. this right now or whatever then someone comes in and is like how about you talk about this i'm like oh shit that actually is yeah. interesting yeah. i want to talk about that yeah it's kind of like going back to the roots of where why we started this podcast it's you know we, we started by just talking about things that interested us yeah. and i think this is a really refreshing episode because mm-hmm. you know it's so uh just interesting and yeah. it's something that like you know, we're not doing it just to to talk about something that other people say is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I like kind of going into things that anyone can kind of uh, yeah. look at and be like, huh, you know, it's the whole point of the pod. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Hey, guys, go support us. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> go check out our merch. We got merch. We got s- merch. We get some sweaters. We got some hoodies. We got some shirts. We get, get some, some laptop bags. We got some pullovers. <laughs> <laughs> What's another way to say a hoodie? <laughs> I know. Pullover hoodies, um, sweatshirts. Mm. We got some ponchos. <laughs> we, no, we, we don't, don't want ponchos. ponchos. Uh, but maybe we should. A uh, nice cow, cow style. Yeah. Do we have fanny packs? We do have fanny Nick packs. Fanny packs? Give a dog a bone. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we do a bunch of shit. So where can they find that merch, Bobby? You can go to brainbogglepodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And check out our store page, and you can find slash it right there. Shop slash shop or is it Boggled Podcast slash shop. Correct. Shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, check us out on Brain uh, Brain Boggle at um. What is the thing? Patreon. 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 <laughs> what is the thing? Patreon.com forward slash Brain Boggle Podcast. Brain Boggle Podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Yes, at Brain Boggle. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Twitter at Brain Boggle Pod, mm-hmm. and um, check us out from home because. Stay home. Yeah. Perfect time to uh, listen. Yeah. Get caught up on the pods, everybody. Um, uh, Email brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, Clearly, we got to keep pitching that because at gmail.com. People are starting to send emails in. We're going to have to start actually keeping up with it. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We got to respond to that that Mm. email. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely have a couple we need to respond to, but you know. We do. Oh, we have to respond. Yeah. Because the the other real ass fan. Yeah. We got our other real ass fan. We saw your email, but uh, we all were like, oh, hey, we got some topic ideas from that email and then like forgot to actually respond. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Because luckily, I mean, that's the good thing about not getting a ton of emails is like we do like we can very much respond to all of them yeah exactly man we're just gonna get so famous and we won't be able to respond to all our emails i know and then we'll have to hire someone to answer emails oh god it'd be awesome yeah that would be the day wow all right guys all right thanks for listening yes love you stay, stay safe out there. You too bad. yeah all right bye.